Hey everyone, this is Chico Hospital for Cats Podcast. This is Summit with your favorite co-host Lori joining me today. How are you, Lori? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here today. Absolutely. Our pleasure. We love to have you on this podcast. So why don't you tell us what we're going to do today? And I'll start with my first example after that. Sounds good. So there are a lot of really interesting facts about cats that a lot of people don't know. And a lot of these facts are actually really helpful um, for cat owners and people who are interested in adopting cats. Or just fun, too, sometimes. To okay, know. they're just fun, too. <laughs> this is great for your next fact off with your friends. Yeah. Um, but we thought we'd share 10 fat cat... We ten thought fat cats? 10 or? fat cats, different, which is different than 10 that cat could, facts. That could be another episode in the future, right? <laughs> Don't overfeed your cat. That is a cat fact. Yeah. Um, no, so we're here today with 10 cat facts yep. um, that you can either have for fun for yourself or you can share with some friends. Absolutely. So we'll each share five facts. Is that right? Yes, five facts for each of us. Okay, Samit, why don't you give us the first fact? Okay, my first fact is actually something that is confirmed to be true. Obviously, it's a fact. But Disneyland was set to have 200 cats, around 200 cats, that they let free roaming at night to take care of the rodent problem. And when I went to Disneyland's website, I actually found a FAQ website where they literally answer questions as cats and humans to make it humorous. So let's say they ask, hey, do you really have cats? Are they spayed? Whatever. And so the cat answers to the question and says, no comment, because it's about spayed neither. And the human answers and says, yeah, we try to control them. Sometimes accidents happen and we just adopt them to the crew's families or something like that. So there, there is a huge squad of cats working for Disneyland. And in return, they get paid with, you know, Dead mice. mice. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my first fact. Wow. So how many cats are currently living at Disneyland? It's estimated around 200, but that's the rough estimate. It could be more or less sometimes, but uh, it's a big, uh, happy furry family down there. <laughs> <laughs> so if listeners want to read more about this, they can find the link to this in the show notes. Is that right? Yes, we are going to try to get better with show notes, and I do have the link for the FAQ website where they can get more details, what people ask, and what Disney's answers was to that. Sounds great. I can't wait to see all the cats next time we go. All right. Share with us your first fact. Okay. So this is one that I think is really interesting, and that I try to tell all of my friends, so I'm very excited to be sharing with all of you. So cats actually purr um, for a lot of really interesting reasons. The most common one that people know about is because they're purring when they're happy, if they're getting pet or something like that. But it turns out there's actually quite a few other reasons for this purr. Mm -hmm. Before we get to those, here's an interesting scientific fact. So cats actually purr at a frequency of between 25 and 100 hertz, which actually corresponds with healing frequencies in therapeutic medicine for humans. Mm. So bone regrowth, for example, in humans responds to 25 to 50 and skin and soft tissues around 100. So cats actually use purring as a way to heal their bones and their skin tissues and their muscles. I did not know that. Yeah, especially uh, because they, you know, during the day when they're resting and since they sleep forever, mm -hmm. um, they can help to repair their bones and their muscles just by purring. Mm, it's like a superpower. Pretty much. 
And so there are a lot of studies. Purring is still something in complete honesty, full transparency here. Purring is still something that we don't know a ton about. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a lot of theories and some facts around there uh, that purring can actually, by association, help humans. So a purring cat. The famous blood pressure. Yeah, that can also help reduce stress, blood pressure, um, and a variety of other um, issues. For example, stress relief. Cat ownership could cut the risk of stroke or heart disease. I heard that people mm-hmm. live longer, that people who own cats live longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of really interesting things there around the frequency of the cat purr. Purr also, as a side note, can be used to indicate stress or mm-hmm. nervousness or even exploration. And you'll notice the difference between their basically happy purr um, and their either pain purr or nervous purr by a different uh, frequency of the purr and the different actually tone to the purr. Well, we can't notice it, but you mean the research noticed it. Yeah, probably human ears can't notice it. But uh, But I have to tell you, as a person who works with cats every day, uh, I have seen a lot of stress-related purr, and I know that that is a fact, too, because they looked scared or nervous, and they purring same time. So it's always not just happy time. So thanks for sharing that fact. That's really interesting. Yeah, but the good note is, just to end this on a happy note, uh, the majority of the time a cat is purring, um, it's assumed that it's pretty much a happy purr. So you will hear some of the sad ones or the painful ones occasionally, but most of the time it's a happy purr. All right. Well, I have my next one that I think some people might already know. My fact that I want to share about is that the cats can't taste sweet. Really? So no no cake for cats? No chocolate, no cake. Hmm. Uh, they do lack the receptors for sweetness, but, you know, if you really want to give your cat a birthday cake, I guess you can still put a little candle on a canned cat food or something. What about a can of tuna, like a tuna cake? Oh, tuna cake. I like that. Also, food makers and producers also, after they found this, they kind of tried to change their policy and and plans to make cat food even better for them. So basically, that's my next fact. They can't taste sweet. They might lick something if they think it's like a food they might be interested in. Like if you've seen your cat jumping over and try to lick something that's sweet, but ultimately, it's not something they can really... So they won't register that it's sweet. It's just... No. It's just food they're not supposed to have so they're excited about it (laughs) yeah which in in the first place we shouldn't let them do that anyways no human food for cats right that's right (laughs) cool well thanks for sharing okay so here's another interesting one um your cat most likely meows pretty standard fact right some cats meow a lot some cats (laughs) meow just a little bit but here's an interesting fact for the most part adult cats do not meow at other cats yeah i heard about that yeah but they will purr at other cats, they'll spit at other cats, they'll hiss at other cats, but they actually save their meow for you. Mm-hmm. And they even have um, specific uh, vocal tones that are specific to you as their human, and they will only use those meows for you. However, even if they have a special one for you, they can actually make up to 100 different vocal sounds. Can we say they're trying to learn, maybe they're trying to learn English? Or your language. What about Turkish? 
Turkish, English, German, maybe whatever the owner is speaking, maybe they're like, hey, if I learn that language, maybe my demands of food and treats might get just better. Yeah, they're pretty opportunistic. So I can say if they got a hundred different options, they're going to give it their best bet. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Thanks for sharing that. I, You know, a little note, side note on this. You, you mentioned that they can purr and hiss and stuff to their cats. I really rarely see cats purring to each other, but I'm really happy that the latest tater tot cat we uh, adopted, you and me, is purring to other cats and even to our tortoise all the time. So a side note there, little happiness uh, sprinkled on top of our podcast. Yeah, and that's definitely a happy purr. She's very excited to see all of them. Yeah, so my next one, I know you want me to mention this one uh, specifically on the show. This is my favorite. Yeah, is that cats don't see the world as we do because you might look to a rainbow in the sky and your cat actually can enjoy that rainbow too, but not just in the same way. So all the colors we see on the rainbow are not going to be the same that cats see because research shows that they see mostly bits of yellow and blue. Yellow and blue. Yeah. Even when you buy cat toys, uh, they say instead of red toys or whatever, you should try to buy yellow and blue toys. Now, another interesting thing about this uh, seeing part is that humans see objects like clearly from a distance of 100 feet or so, it will actually appear, appear blurry to a cat. Cats see objects that are closer, much sharper and better, like 20 feet or so. So anyways, on the show notes, we will add a link to the article I found at businessinsider.com and you will see an artist or artist there who actually generated the way cats see they put pictures that humans, you know, normal pictures we see, and then they copied it as cat vision. And it's really interesting the way you, they see it. You can actually see it on a um, on this website. So are they able to see colors? So cats really like things like eating grass or playing in, you know, if they're able to go outside in a safe environment. Um, are they able to see like shades of green? Well, from that website and the way I looked at this picture, it really looks like they are seeing something like your uh, phone's sepia um, settings. So it's more like a yellowish thing with a little bit of blue in it. So question to the green grass, I'm sure it looks like a yellow grass for them. <laughs> okay, so they've got some crispy grass all around. <laughs> yeah, all the time, crispy year-round. Okay. Well, I thought I'd take us to the next fact mm -hmm. about befriending new cats. So I know that you and April have done a podcast earlier on how to uh, welcome a new cat to your home. Mm -hmm. But this is an interesting fact about how to sort of engage with cat maybe at a shelter that you're meeting for the first time okay. or a friend's cat. You know, maybe a cat on the street. <laughs> yeah. So a really interesting way is that cats respond to eye blinks. So if you look at a cat, you don't want to stare it down, right? Because that seems a little bit aggressive. But what you can do instead is to actually give them a long, slow blink. Mm -hmm. So you're going to close your eyes the way you would blink your eyes, but hold them shut a little bit longer, a couple seconds longer, mm -hmm. and then open them again. You don't want to look like you're asleep. Yeah. But several slow, long blinks will show the cat that you're not there to be aggressive, mm -hmm. but you're more there to be a friend um, and that you're not a threat to them. So it's a really good way to build your trust that way. 
I'm really happy you shared this with us because this is something we talk about at work too. In fact, let me tell you, when we or I do this to cats, to some cats who are a little bit hissy or afraid or nervous, I've seen cats uh, responding with the same movement to me. So not only humans do it to cats, but when you do it to them and then if they receive it, they blink slowly back to you in a few times too. And it's really in this interesting connection of blinking at each other and trying to like become more friendly than uh, hostile, I should say. So if a cat blinks slowly back to you, does that mean that it accepts you? Well, I can't say for I can't speak for the cat to say if it accepts, accepts me or not, but it's definitely a response, and that's a good sign, of course. Okay, well, that's good to know. That's a really good way to just begin that trust relationship with your cat. Yeah, if you have time and it's not an urgent situation, like sometimes with border cats, I uh, cats they're boarding, I try to do that, and and usually it helps us to advance in that relationship in in, in a good way. Uh, thanks for sharing that. But, you know, sometimes you do something every day and you forget kind of like you're doing it. And this is a nice reminder to me that uh, it's a really nice tip. I'm going to move on to my next one, which is kind of sad, but also fascinating, is the fact that, and this is an article from BBC.com, it's a fact that cats actually are blamed for the global extinction of 33 species. They are such good hunters, and especially the feral and stray cats, but also actually pets that you let outside. They're so good hunters that many birds and other rodents are hunted by them. And studies show that more animals are uh, you know, hunted by cats than affected by accidents, collisions, or poisonings, or buildings, or whatever. So uh, there's 33 species that cats have affected and on side note on this i don't have facts in front of me but i do remember when i read australia having a big problem with cats trying to <laughs> kill some of the anim other animals that australia has normally in their environment so they wow. yeah so cats are extremely good at hunting and when you let them they will go hunt <laughs> <laughs> including the toy mice that you throw around the house exactly. and their favorite snacks Absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so this one I think is really fun. So all of us cat owners or future cat owners out there or previous cat owners out there, we all know that our cats move a lot when they're sleeping. And this is, simply put, because they dream. Kitten actually start dreaming after about a week, which is pretty crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, even when their eyes are barely open, they're dreaming already. And what the interesting thing is that cats can actually enter a REM cycle the same way that humans do if they choose to. They generally prefer to nap um, about two-thirds of their lives. <laughs> um, but when they do decide to to sleep, um, they actually dream a little bit differently than humans do. Okay. So I'm going to read this quote. It's really interesting from sleepadvisor.org. So this is how they compare a cat's dreaming. Mm -hmm. This is Tater Tot contributing to the conversation. <laughs> okay, so this is from sleepadvisor.org. They write, quote, It's easy to compare your cat's brain to a post office. When you visit the post office at night, it's temporarily closed for visitors. However, the workers are readily organizing the mail in the back, making sure it gets delivered on time. Well, the same thing happens to your kitty friend while it's dreaming. When the feline fellow sleeps, he's recalling the day and organizing it categorically. This is quite interesting. 
So if we're having dreams that are completely disconnected as humans, our cats, on the other hand, are putting together the entire day to see the big picture. So basically, when our cats are dreaming, they're running in their sleep or they're twitching or whatever, they're essentially replaying their day. The good, the bad, the naps, the snacks, whatever it is. How can I make it better so I get more food next day? Yeah, and cats are notoriously known for their long memories. Mm -hmm. And so this is one way that they can help kind of remember the good things, remember the bad things, and kind of just recap the day in their sleep. Yeah, I'm trying to think what they might be also dreaming about. I'm assuming it's a lot of birds and mice and Mm -hmm. toys and different flavors of food. You know, and especially, we mentioned this earlier, they're very connected to their humans, you know. And so if you had a really good play session with your kitty, you're playing with a toy, their favorite string or something like that. They remember this. They log it using their sleep. um, And they remember this as a really positive moment of their day. So, you know, maybe you'll see their back fix doing the little back legs doing the little bunny kick or something like that. They might be reenacting their favorite play Mm -hmm. scene with you in a sock or a toy or Mm -hmm. something that you played with them. It's fascinating to know that they can dream too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see them always moving their eyelid or something, and it's just awesome to know that. Well, if we see our cats dreaming, we know they had a nice, long, fun day in that case, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as long as they are doing a little kitty purr in their sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So I have my last one that is actually not really a fact, but actually a myth. But I really wanted to share this. So I'm going to make an exception. And it's kind of proven, but kind of not. It's about the ancient Egyptian times. The research and, you know, everything people find from all this written ancient Egyptian times shows that when Egyptians went hunting and they, uh, you know, tried to hunt birds with arrows, Mm -hmm. they actually, it's believed that they actually trained these cats to go catch that fallen bird and bring it back to the master. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because if they uh, shoot and it falls into a bush or somewhere, you don't know where it, where it is right. really, and it's going to be a snack for you in the evening probably. Yeah. The cats bring it and then you share it with them, and, and it's like a co-worker kind of situation, 50-50. They get a piece of it, and you get a piece of it, I guess. I'm just making I mean, up, thanks, but... Kitty. Yum. Yeah, and so... uh and we all know in Egyptian times, they were also upheld almost as gods and, and right. worshipped, so... They were not just worshipped as maybe holy animals, but also used in a useful way when they okay. were going hunting. I thought, I thought this was an interesting side fact more than the mainly known facts of Egyptian times that they can actually bring the birds back to the masters during the hunt. Definitely. I had a cat who was a bit lazy to catch birds, so she caught leaves instead. But I think it was the same concept. Yeah, I mean, as long as uh, she was bringing it back to you, that still uh, gets some points, right? That's right. (laughs) So I have one more fact. This one's really interesting. And I bet you didn't know this one. All right. Okay, get ready. Try me. Try me. Okay. Cats actually... Drum roll. Drum roll, please. Thank you. Cats can actually be... Right pod or left pod? Uh, <laughs> Did you know this? I'm going to say yes, unfortunately. Uh, okay, well, here's an interesting fact. So humans, it can be genetic um, and hereditary. But with cats, um, a dominant pod is often usually based on their gender. Mm-hmm. So male cats are usually left pod. 
while female cats are usually right pawed. So there was a study, there was a study from the University of, uh, the Queen's University of Belfast that tested 42 cats, um, half and half, and they did all kinds of crazy tests. So for example, uh, the first one, they placed tuna in a jar. The second one, they dangled the toy over the cat's head. And then the third one, they dragged a toy mouse in front of the cats. And so each of the three tests was repeated 100 times for each cat. And so um, the results of these tests just showed that generally males are left pod and females are right pod. That's so interesting to know. I mean, that feeling and we have that one is stronger than the other or you can control it better than the other. It's so interesting to see, to know that they have something similar to that. Yeah, absolutely. The interesting thing is occasionally, depending on what the task is, like the um, like the toy mouse, like mm -hmm. if it's something that kind of wiggles in the middle of you, they can kind of use, you know, either other, either yeah. paw or the other one. But if it's something that's a little bit harder, like sticking your paw in a jar or mm -hmm. a can, then that dominant paw will, cut, will present itself. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. I mean, if you're holding a cup, you're not going to pay attention if you're holding with right or left. But if you have to open a door that's, you know, harder to open, you're going to do it with your dominant hand. So that makes sense. It's the same for us, too, I guess. Yep. Okay, so we're going to close this episode, but I'm going to surprise you and say another fact that's <gasps> without explaining it too what? much. Surprise. Did you know that cats had... Did you, did you know that cats can if they have to drink seawater and actually process it through their kidneys and actually help with dehydration you know unlike humans it doesn't make them sick uh well i'm not saying they should drink constantly seawater but they if they have to they can definitely stuck on a process. desert island the cat will be all right <laughs> uh, i guess so they've got a better chance of survival than we do <laughs> i guess this concludes the 10 interesting facts about cats absolutely but here's the here's the catch here's the cat catch if you've got a fact that you think we don't know, we'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah. So please feel free to comment. Send us in an email at... Info at chicocats.com. Mm-hmm. And if there's a fact that we didn't know, we're going to feature it on our next podcast. Woohoo! Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. Or just simply go to chicocats.com slash podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you, Lori, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>